the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Today, Part 9 signals the final stretch in this series, Our Faith. What will others see in 2023 that we begin in the beginning of this new year? So today we're between third base and home plate. My hope along this journey, friends, has been that we're discovering creative and even exciting ways to approach people in our various circles of relationships and take advantage of naturally occurring but God-engineered circumstances that set the stage for spiritual conversations to spring up, thereby allowing our faith to be seen and demonstrated. It's a great day for us Christ followers when we realize that in the midst of our everyday lives and routines, Jesus can shine in and through us, kind of like a spiritual flashlight shining into the lives of people around us. And if our spiritual antenna are up and our senses are honed, our eyes and ears will see and hear those naturally occurring God-engineered circumstances that pave the way for us to become loving channels through whom God can demonstrate His love. If you missed any previous sessions, you can catch up or even share them with others via the podcasts posted at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for a local program podcasts. Well, friends, today in Part 9, I'd like to expand on and embellish one particular key from the three keys that paved the way taught in our last session. Perhaps some of you even remember them. They were 1. Intercessory Prayer, 2. Building Bridges, and 3. Confronting Others. I'll be expanding on key number 2, Building Bridges. So, today Part 9's session will be Learning to Build Bridges. And to kick off today's study, I'd like to present several brief cameos of people from all walks of life who understand what it means to build bridges to people in their various circles of influence. First up is President Woodrow Wilson, our 28th president, in office from 1913 to 1921. He relates his personal account of how someone's life impacted him. So, here are his own words. 
I was in a very common place, just sitting in a barber chair, when I became aware that a personality had entered the room. A man had quietly walked in, running the same errand I had, getting a haircut. He sat in the chair next to me. Every word this man uttered showed a personal interest in the man serving him, and even before my haircut was finished, I was aware I had attended an evangelistic service, because the man in the chair beside me was Dwight L. Moody. I purposely lingered in the room after he left and noted the singular effect that his visit had brought upon the barber shop clientele. The people there didn't know his name, but they knew that someone had elevated their thoughts, and I felt I left that place as I should have left a place of worship. It was there my admiration and esteem for Mr. Moody became very deep indeed. Second, in 1871, H. M. Stanley went to Africa to find and report on the Scottish missionary and African explorer David Livingstone, and spent several months with Livingstone and his troop, carefully observing his missionary work. Interestingly, Livingstone never actually spoke to Stanley about spiritual matters, but his loving and patient compassion for the African people was beyond Stanley's comprehension. He was stymied at how the mission. Possessed such love for and patience with the less progressive pagan people among whom he ministered for so long. <clears throat> he observed Livingstone literally spending himself in untiring service for those whom he had no reason to love except for the sake of Jesus Christ. An entry in Stanley's journal is worth noting. When I saw that unwearied patience, that unflagging zeal, and those enlightened sons of Africa, I became a Christian at his side, though he never spoke to me one word. Third, the late pastor Oscar Thompson recounts a story about one of his friends, Jim, who as a young boy came home one night to discover his dad working hard at a new project. Jim asked, Dad, what in the world are you working on? Dad said, Son, I'm working on this telegraph key learning Morse code. A little puzzled, Jim then asked, Why, Dad, you're not interested in ham radios? I am now, Dad replied. You know Greg's father down the street in that house with the big antenna? Jim said, Yes. Dad continued, I tried reaching him for Jesus, but he wouldn't even talk to me. The only thing he knows and loves is his ham radio, so I'm going to learn how to be a ham radio operator so I can reach Greg's dad. Thompson goes on to remark, Jim's dad took time to build a bridge to Greg's dad. That bridge was a ham radio. Six months later, Greg's dad invited Jesus into his life. And fourth, in his book, Concentric Circles of Concern, Thompson shares another story about a friend of his who lived across the street from a Korean couple. He related to Pastor Thompson that the couple was very quiet, and developing a relationship with them was difficult. After months of attempts to build a relationship, build a bridge, if you will, a death occurred in this Korean family. The wife's mother died. Well, the first thing Thompson's friend and his wife did was bring a meal over to the Korean couple. Then, when they were away tending their family's needs, Thompson's friend volunteered to take care of their animals and mow their lawn. When the Korean couple returned home, they said to these neighbors who had reached out to them, 
You have been so kind. We would like to be your friends. Wow, what inroads they made. Perhaps now through these loving actions, this Korean couple will be open to listening to the gospel since these neighbors showed them love. It's clear the neighbors wanted to be loving channels. Remember, friends, ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And one way genuine Christian love, in other words, agape love is expressed, is by meeting others' needs wherever we find ourselves. Now, friends, I'd like to paint a picture for us with references to a variety of natural settings where God can use us in others' lives. So let's begin by reviewing the six or so categories of relationships we commonly find ourselves in. Our immediate family, our extended relatives, our friends both general and close, our co-workers and or business contacts, our acquaintances, and finally, the stranger, whom we'll simply call Person X. And let's keep in mind, friends, that these categories are not rigid and sometimes bleed over into one another. For example, friends might also include school or college friends. Similarly, acquaintances and strangers may initially be found in other circles. And I'll define acquaintances shortly when I share the Brenda story. My hope is that we'll never see our acquaintances the same way again. But for now, I want to share a picture you can keep in your mind. It's rooted in a well-known scripture passage, Romans 12:15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. From this brief but profound scripture verse, visualize a large wheel in your mind, specifically a wagon wheel with a center hub and spokes extending out from the hub to the wheel's outer rim. If you're not in your car and free, take a moment and draw this wheel on a piece of paper. Draw a line down the center of the wheel and draw eight spokes out on the left side and eight spokes out on the right side. At the top of the left half, write, Rejoice with those who rejoice. And at the top of the right half, write, Weep with those who weep. And here's a list of eight common occasions for rejoicing and eight common occasions for weeping. For rejoicing, there's birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, arrival or birth of a child, recreation or hobbies, occupations, graduations or promotions, and appreciation or congratulations. For weeping, there's financial reversals, loss of a job, marriage crises or divorce, family crises, illnesses or hardships, sorrows, grief or deaths, accidents or disasters, and property damage or losses. And let me just remind us, friends, that Romans 12.15 is tucked in between verses 9 through 18, verses on love in action. The heading in one Bible has conduct in love. Verses 9 through 18 say, Love must be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another with mutual love, showing eagerness in honoring one another. Do not lag in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Endure in suffering. 
persistent prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Consider what is good for all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. Hmm. Well, the spokes on the left half of the wheel represent many positive or pleasant experiences of life where we could rejoice with those who rejoice. On the other hand, the spokes on the right half of the wheel represent many negative or unpleasant experiences of life where we could weep with those who weep. Friends, I submit that it's in the midst of these common experiences of life, both pleasant and unpleasant, that we can practice building bridges. For it's in these very natural points of contact with the people around us that our faith can connect with them and build a bridge during key or crucial moments in their lives. Friends, all we really need to do is consciously look with Jesus' eyes. Listen to the Spirit's voice. Live out the Savior's call. Love others with God's love. Leave the solution to Christ. Let God's grace flow through us and light our world to the glory of God. And finally, we can take advantage of the three keys to paving the way for our faith, intercessory prayer, building bridges, and confronting people. And you'll need to re-listen to the last teaching session to hear how I defined the word confront. It's not what we think. Recall our first model was Jesus as we observed him becoming actively available to people and not just passively available. And friends, this idea is also present in Romans chapter 12. In verse 13, there was that phrase, practicing hospitality. And here's another case where our English translations struggle to do justice to the original language. Most standard English translations have practice here. A few other well-known and Respected translations have given to hospitality, extend hospitality to strangers, get in the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. One paraphrase has be inventive in hospitality. Friends, these are all valiant attempts to communicate an active availability, but sadly fall short of bringing out the depth and shades of meaning in the original Greek New Testament. The Greek term for practice literally means to pursue. And if you don't think that word is strong enough, the idea of pursuing in the original language carries with it a stronger meaning of persecuting. Well, friends, this made me think of an almost humorous question. When was the last time we persecuted people with hospitality? When was the last time we pursued or chased after someone just to show Christian kindness? Now, while I don't make a habit of consulting paraphrases, I happen to notice one paraphrase's rendition of verse 11, which, in this case, appropriately communicated what we've been talking about for the last several weeks in this series. It said, Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. 
It actually reminded me of the question I've been asking periodically throughout this series. Are we excited about and do we anticipate or look forward to the possibility that the Lord may so engineer circumstances in order to provide us with an opportunity to display our faith? In other words, if I may borrow from that paraphrase, are we alert servants of our master? Are we cheerfully expectant? Well, friends, let's just pause here for a moment. If you tuned in late, you're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I just want you to know how valuable you are as listeners to A Word from the Word, which is 100% listener-supported. Your financial partnership helps keep this program on the air, which disciples many Christians who are without a church home, along with those of you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. Join forces with me and A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at awordfromtheword at minister.com. And we'll repeat this information at the end of the program. Well, friends, here's another True Life cameo about a schoolgirl named Brenda. Remember I mentioned her. Brenda stormed into her pastor's office one day, sobbing. Pastor, she said, I'm so unhappy. Nobody loves me. Her pastor reviewed with her that her parents and friends do love her. And then the pastor turned the conversation around a bit. He said, Brenda... Do you know that God has created you as a channel for his love to flow through you to others? Why don't you look for someone out there and seek to meet their needs? How about you make this commitment? Dear Lord, whatever people you put in my path, I'm going to meet their needs. Then he summed up with this question. Now, is there someone out there that would be really difficult for you to love? Immediately, Brenda snapped back with, Yes, Judy! Her pastor then asked, who's Judy? Brenda then explained, Judy is a freshman. She's just dumb. She rides the bus with me and really bugs me. I have to ride with her for 45 minutes every day. She gets on the bus and it's chatter, chatter, chatter. She's latched onto me for some reason. I just don't want to listen to that freshman anymore. I'm a senior. Well, in his witty way, her pastor responded, Okay, Brenda, then how about out of your immense senior wisdom, why don't you meet some of the needs of this lowly little freshman's ignorance? Well, the prescription her pastor left her with was love, Judy. Friends, listen to how Brenda's story unfolded the very next day. Brenda says, As usual, I got on the bus. No sooner than I sat down, here comes Judy. She just sat down right next to me again. I must say, it still really bugged me. But I said to myself, I'm going to try to meet Judy's need if it kills me. So the best thing I could think of doing was just listen. I turned to her, and for the first time I looked at her while she was t talking to me. And let me just interject here, friends. Brenda finally began looking with Jesus' eyes. Brenda said, as I looked at her, I began to see a little face I had never noticed before. I realized that underneath all that chatter was a hurting little girl. As we talked, I asked, Judy, tell me about your brothers and sisters and mom and dad. She got very still and was very quiet for some time. Finally, she blurted, Brenda, my mom and dad are getting a divorce. I'm so scared. We're going to have to move. My whole world is falling apart. 
In that moment, I just listened. I felt God's love wanting to meet that little girl's needs through me. So I put my arm around her and we continued talking until we arrived at school. After we got off the bus, Judy put her books down on the ground and then put her arms around me and shouted, Oh, Brenda, I just love you. So, friends, perhaps it's time we recommit ourselves to look with Jesus' eyes, to listen to the Spirit's voice, to be available, and to be willing to love whomever the Lord brings across our paths. Because, friends, as we've been learning, ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Friends, last time I suggested a slightly modified version of the engineer's prayer. Why don't we recommit ourselves to this prayer? Depending on where you are, why not pray it with me? Lord, engineer circumstances in people's lives today so that you can love them through me. And Lord, help me to look with Jesus' eyes. Help me to hear the Spirit's voice. Help me to love whomever you bring across my path. Help me to bring grace. And Lord, I ask these things because I want you to get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, back in 2002, the band Casting Crowns released a song called If We Are the Body. Listen to the lyrics. They're both motivating and convicting. Do an internet search and listen to the entire song. Here's a sample. It's crowded in worship today as she slips in, trying to fade into the faces. The girl's teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? There is a way. A traveler is far away from home. He sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row. The weight of their judgmental glances tell him that his chances are better out on the road. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms teaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we're the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? There is a way. Now listen to this next line, friends. Jesus paid much too high a price for us to pick and choose whom should come. Sound familiar? Sounds a little bit like a statement I've been throwing out from time to time, doesn't it? When Jesus becomes Lord of our lives, we must surrender forever the right to choose whom we will love. Amen? Friends, before I go, based on that Romans twelve fifteen template I shared earlier, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Let me remind us we can display Jesus' love for others. Let's just recap the list of occasions. For rejoicing with those who rejoice, we have birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, arrival or birth of a child, recreations and hobbies, promotions or graduations, and congratulations or appreciation. For weeping with those who weep, we have financial reversals, loss of a job, marriage crises or divorce, family crises, illnesses or hardships, sorrow, grief or deaths, accidents or disasters, property damage or loss. And through these sets of options, we can ask the Lord to engineer circumstances in people's lives so that he can love them through us. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program, and I hope we're getting better as we look with Jesus' eyes, listen to the Spirit's voice, live out the Savior's call, love others with God's love, leave the solution to Jesus, let God's grace flow through us, light our world to the glory of God, and let's utilize the three lasting keys that pave the way, intercessory prayer, building bridges, and confronting people. One listener recently wrote in responding to part five in this series, leaving the solution to Jesus with, as always, thanks for sharing your insights. Being a loving channel and being open to being used according to God's design is the key. He will provide the resources, whether it's chicken and biscuits, or the words to say or not to say when comforting a grieving person. Just be open and let God be God. Well, Thanks for that feedback. Friends, let's pray for the people around us in our relationship circles who need Jesus so they'll see Jesus in us. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us ways we can naturally and creatively let our faith show itself. Pray the engineer's prayer. Has God been moving in response to your prayer? Lord, engineer circumstances in people's lives today so you can love them through me or even the extended prayer I've been recently sharing. Well, I love coming alongside you who are without a church home and also those of you who may have been wounded by the institutional church. Podcasts of A Word from the Word are posted at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts and then scroll to A Word from the Word. Programs are posted in latest date order. Podcasts can also be accessed on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And thanks to my friends and partners at ChristianBody.net, a word from the word is now being broadcast to over 70 countries. Friends, I invite you to join our mission and invest in the ministry of a word from the word in 2023 to help us become fully funded. It's listeners like you that help keep a word from the word on the air. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember... Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.